Please join me in turning to the 625th chapter of the Bible. The 625th chapter. It's been approximately 35,000 hours since this psalm was last presented to you. That's 1,470 days. Okay, four years this month. So you're asking yourself, why the numbers, Mark? Why the numbers? Well, I, I like them. You're a CPA? Uh, hey, I'm an accountant. I, I can like them. But God has given us numbers to quantify things. Things that otherwise would be very vague or nebulous, we can know exactly. So today I have some lofty goals. I'd like to search out the greatness of God. I'd like to number the marvelous things of God. And I'd like to measure the vastness of his creation. Of course, I will utterly fail, as God's greatness is unsearchable in Psalm 145.3. He doeth marvelous things without number in Job 5.9. And if we can measure the heavens, he'll cast off the seed of Israel, which is impossible, according to Jeremiah 31.37. So although I'm resigned to failure, are you ready to praise God with me? All right. All right. So please turn to Psalm 147. That is the 625th chapter of the Bible. So I'm allotted 600 seconds, which I've already used. I don't know, but let's not say. Uh, so instead of reading the whole psalm straight way through, I'd like to read it in a different way. I've gone through each one of the phrases, and I've identified what they relate to. And I've come up with three main categories. There are 23 statements about the Lord's attributes and his works with one question I'll throw in. There are 13 statements about the Lord's blessings on our lives, with one cursing. And there are six commands that that we'll see with three attributes of those commands. So let's start with the statements about the Lord's attributes in his works. Verse 4. He telleth the number of the stars. (laughs) I don't know where to start. If there are 10 trillion galaxies, which are estimated, of course, and 100 billion stars in each galaxy, that's one with 24 zeros after it, yes. number of stars. Wow. I, I, I don't understand this. All right, so, so let's keep moving. Maybe, maybe we'll get to something we can understand. Verse 4, he calleth them all by their names. Yeah, amen. Okay, let me get this straight. If we could say one name every one second, and we did this for 80 years, every second of every day, for an entire lifetime, it would take us four trillion lifetimes just to name the stars one time. Amen. Verse 5. Hallelujah. Great is our Lord and of great power. Amen. His understanding is infinite. Right. Yes. What great power did it take to create all that, let alone name it? and remember it, and then guide it. Right. He's of infinite understanding. What? But, okay, so we're thinking about his creation, but what about our plan of salvation? Yes. What infinite understanding did it take? Amen. Verse 8. Who covereth the heaven with clouds? Who prepareth rain for the earth? All right, so bear with me again. So if a half inch of rain falls on Greenville County which the Lord can do in as little as 30 minutes, that would be like you leaving your kitchen faucet on for 6,500 years. That'd be a big water bill. 
Our Lord is incredible, and his creation power is amazing. All right, continuing with verse 8. Who maketh grass to grow upon the mountains. He giveth to the beast his food, and to the young ravens which cry. He delighteth not in the strength of the horse. He taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. All right, the legs of a man, you guys know I like to lift a little bit of weight, so I'm not even going to bother with that. Men are too weak. So I wanted to see how strong a horse was. How strong is a horse? So so I found a video of one draft horse playing tug-of-war with 18 grown men. (laughs) It wasn't even close. It was pathetic. But the guys couldn't even get it. They couldn't even stop the horse for a second. So that's the power of one horse. So we have vehicles today that we measure in horsepower, right? So I was thinking, what is a great achievement of man that would have a lot of power? What about a space shuttle? Maybe the 37 million horsepower of a space shuttle would impress the Lord. I don't think so. In Isaiah 40, it says that the nations are as a drop of a bucket and are counted as the small dust of a scale. The dust on a scale, you can't even measure that, right? That's what the Lord thinks of our achievements, of our strength. Verse 11, the Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him, as we heard from Austin last week, in those that hope in his mercy. Do you reverentially and respectfully believe and obey God and his word? Has it changed your life and actions and thoughts? Do you look forward to, trust, and anticipate God's mercy in your life? Do you hope for that which is laid up for you in heaven? Colossians 1.5, then God takes pleasure in you. Yes. Amen. Praise the Lord. Verse 15 through 18. He sendeth forth his commandment upon earth. His word runneth very swiftly. He giveth snow like wool. He scattereth the hoarfrost like ashes. He casteth forth his ice like morsels. Who can stand before his cold? He sendeth out his word and melteth them. He causeth the wind to blow, his wind to blow, and the waters to flow. Again, I only have 10 minutes, so I can't, I'd love to make more statistics, but okay. In these verses, we see uh, the one question, who can stand before his cold? But so far, we've covered God's greatness. We've seen that he does things that we can't comprehend. So let's move on to some other statements that you might also enjoy. The 13 statements about the Lord's blessing in our lives. Let's go back to verse 2. The Lord doth build up Jerusalem. (laughs) Did you, were you guys listening to the intro this morning? Amen. Did it work with this? Amen. The city, the, the capital city of Israel, where the temples were, he built them up. That was Israel's glory, right? right. What about the church of God that's in here? Yes. What about the lively stones that we already heard about yes. from 1 right. Peter 2? What about the heavenly Jerusalem that he's yes. built for us? Yes. In Hebrews 12, like was mentioned, Jesus said he went to prepare a place for us that has many mansions. I can't quantify this, but I'm sure it's pretty awesome. Paul said it was. Right. He, all right, back to, uh, back to verse 2. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. Yes. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Yes. So gathering the outcasts of Israel, you ever feel like an outcast? Yes. Mm-hmm. We are. We're Gentiles. He's grafted us into his olive tree. Amen. We were the outcasts of Israel, and now we're his children. Verse 6, the Lord lifteth up the meek, he casteth the wicked down to the ground. Here's our single cursing in the, in the verse, or in the, in the chapter. Verses 13 and 14, for he hath strengthened the bars of thy gates, 
He hath blessed thy children within thee. Yes. He maketh peace in thy borders and yes. filleth thee with the finest of wheat. Amen. What incredible blessings. He's yes. given us safety and peace, food in abundance. These are only physical blessings. Verses 19 and 20. He showeth his word unto Jacob, yes. his statutes, and his judgments unto Israel. Amen. He hath not dealt so with any nation. And as for his judgments, they have not known them. There have been estimates that approximately 100 billion people have lived. How many of those have been able to hold the word of God in their hand? Right. Very few. Thank you, Lord. So what should this cause us to do? So we've seen God's greatness in creation. We've seen his multitude of blessings. So that should cause us to praise, right? So right. there are six statements about praise and then three descriptors of those statements. So back to verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Yes. Verse 7. Sing unto the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise upon the harp unto our God. Verse 12. Praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise thy God, O Zion. And verse 20. Praise ye the Lord. Yes. So out of 20 verses, we're told to praise the Lord six times. So that's one every three and a third verses. All right? So maybe this is redundant, right? No. Well, yes, inspired redundancy. <laughs> There's a point to it. So if the greatness of God doesn't lead us to praise him, if the great blessings already covered doesn't lead us to praise him, and the inspired repetition that we've seen does not lead us to praise him, well, the psalmist has given us some descriptors as to why we should praise him. Verse 1, for it is good to sing praises unto our God. It's pleasant, and praise is comely. So what, so what is good? Good is to be desired or approved. Pleasant is giving a sense of happy satisfaction or enjoyment. And comely is attractive and agreeable. Can you believe that our God finds it good, pleasant, and comely for us to praise him when he's given us so much and he's made such a multitudinous uh, universe, uh, he takes pleasure in just us voicing and the thoughts of our hearts. But right. I, I don't understand. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So today, I hope that we saw a glimpse, a small glimpse of the greatness of our God and his amazing works. Yes. A brief perusal of the few blessings, or, or of the many blessings, we've seen only a few that he showered us with. And a call to praise our God for what he's done for us. I hope this has encouraged your hearts, magnified our Lord, and causes us to praise him more and more. Yes. Amen. Amen.